Hello, friends. We're back again. It's Fightful Overbooked, and it's time for everybody's favorite news show, Newsworthy with Jeremy Lambert. How you doing, Jeremy? Hi, I'm good. It's at one week. We got a hit on our hands, Joel Pearl. Everyone's commenting. The ratings are through the roof. We're crushing the demo. It's a great time here on It was so good that you were signed to a seven-year contract that goes all the way through to 20, 20, whatever it is. You're never going back to those other guys. That's the way it goes, Not going anywhere. I I had success at 411 Mania, but just because they're under new leadership, I ain't going back there. Don't worry about it. I think 411. Either way, you guys know how Newsworthy works. If you haven't yet, I'll give you the rundown. We got five stories from the week that uh, Jeremy picked and sent my way and that jeremy thinks that maybe we should talk about a little bit more maybe they flew under your radar maybe the person or people who conducted the interview are worth shouting out so we want to give you guys and girls and our friends beyond the binary a chance to hear about those stories why they're important and maybe even have a good laugh with us let's start with number five bianca belair recalls montez ford ribbing her saying the usos weren't twins i liked this story it's so lighthearted and it's so silly that uh, I, I definitely went out of my way to listen to it. Jeremy, tell me about it. Why'd you like it? So it was with uh, Josh Martinez on Superstar Crossover. I want to give him a shout. I think he does really, really good interviews. What, one thing I like about his show is like he, he'll ask the guest that's currently on. He doesn't know who he's going to interview next, but he'll ask the guest that is currently on of like, what is, you know, give a question for the next person. And then so like Wardlow at the end of this interview uh, was, asked like what's the toughest part of like being on the road so technically like wardlow asked bianca belair a question uh that's kind of it's kind of the gimmick he has on his show real before i get into the the twin story bianca belair does three million interviews a week now i i swear she's become she's become just one of the the poster people for wwe and she deserves it she's great she's great in these uh every time she's in the media um she, she gives good answers my problem with the Bianca Belair interviews is because she does so many, much like Drew McIntyre. It's a lot of repeated stuff. Everybody's got to ask like, what, what, what? Tell me about headlining WrestleMania. Tell me about Becky Lynch. Tell me about SummerSlam. Tell me about your gear. Tell me about being a college athlete. I hear that. I've heard these Bianca Belair stories so many damn times. I get sick of it. So when I hear a story like this, where she's like, yeah, Montez is ribbing me and telling me that the Usos aren't twins and then i'm there with them like hey you know you guys know like the usos aren't twins and they're like no they definitely are they 100 percent are twins and then she goes back to von says like why'd you why'd you tell me this why and she's like and he's like i don't know i thought it was fun i like finding the news story the new stories from people like bianca belair like drew mcintyre because people do ask me like why do you listen to 300 drew mcintyre interviews a week I'm like because there's that chance that there's one different story that I've that I've haven't heard yet that nobody hasn't heard yet, and then I can pull from it. And this was a different story that I've never heard from Bianca Belair. One thing that I need to know is that what happens to Bianca Belair when Sola Sokoa gets called up to the main roster? <laughs> I want to know. Is so, like, are they going to try and pull the thing? Are they going to say, "Oh, with their triplets," or are they going to? Say like, oh no, no relation. I want to know what that is going to look like. I think it's he dyed be- his hair. He doesn't. He doesn't look like them. He 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 differentiated himself. And Montez should though when he gets called to the main roster. Montez should be like, yeah, that's the, that's their triplet. Like you know that right? Like that's that's the third USO right there. And then she's like, well, he doesn't look. He dyed his hair. Yeah, he dyed his hair to separate himself. He was NXT, but look at him. They're they're triplets now. That's what should happen if, if I'm Montez. It. That's the I way love to go. them. They're great. 
they're they're such a good couple. I love them. Yeah. I love hearing about their relationship when they talk about each other. They're, they're they're very much couple goals. Yeah, that's a good relationship. If you're having fun with each other, I think you're pretty much on the right track. Yes. Yeah. Let's move on. Number four, Ricky Starks reflects on his AW match in New Orleans, and he wants to wrestle in the Superdome. Uh, I think this was actually a really good timing for your piece considering Ricky Starks this past week on Dynamite, uh, clearly making a bit of a, a jump to the babyface side. But tell me why you picked this one and uh, just your thoughts about uh, this particular interview from FitAid Podcast. Uh, I love Ricky. I think everyone kind of knows that. Friend of the show, Ricky Starks. Uh, yeah, I think this ran the same day as Dynamite. Was Dynamite on Was the 26th? That was Wednesday, right? Uh, so I didn't know he was turning. Or anything like that. I've listened to a lot of Ricky interviews and he gives similar answers all the time as well because he's asked similar questions. But this one, he, he was talking to the, the person who does the, the Fit Aid podcast. I want to make sure I get the, the name right. Um, it, it's Dion Saccone Frazier. Uh, and he's, he's friends with Ricky. I think he actually used to work for AEW on like the social media team. Um, and he's friends with Ricky. So like he has a good relationship and everything with him, but it was very much about like Ricky's journey, which I've heard a million times, but this was, this was new information. Cause I don't think he really talked about the return to new Orleans. And I know how much new Orleans like means to Ricky and everything. So hearing him talk about that reaction, he got his family being there, like how much it meant to him. I think anybody who watched that show could see it on his face, like how much, how overwhelmed he was in that match and coming out and like standing on the ropes and everything. So I thought it was an interesting story because I know how much New Orleans means to Ricky. I thought it was a good interview because they're, they're very clearly friends and they just had a good like conversation about things. So it wasn't so much an interview. It was just like a good conversation about stuff. And I, I can't imagine uh, that people are really listening to like the fit aid podcast. I, I honestly never heard of it until Ricky Starks is on there. And so I, I listened to it. So that was good. And anytime I can kind of write an article on Ricky, I always try to, I try to show him some love. There we go. Hey, it's a good one. And, and the article is really good. Like you said, uh, Ricky does go out of his way to talk about his connection to New Orleans a lot. I remember him talking extensively with uh, Renee Paquette about that on her podcast when he was on months and months ago, even maybe a, a year ago. So really good interview, really good shout for Ricky Starks in, in that particular one. Uh, let's move on. Number three, No Way Jose says, all companies want is No Way Jose. I feel more comfortable being a heel. Uh, we haven't seen much of No Way Jose since he was in Impact. Supposedly, he's working on the uh, the indie scene as Levy Valenz. Tell me a little bit about why you've picked this article and just what we should all be getting from that. So this is with uh, Culture State, and they're they're based in North Carolina, where where I'm from, and spent pretty much my entire life until the past couple of years. Uh, so I, I like their, I like their work. I've listened to their podcast a bunch of times. They get a, they get a bunch of wrestling people, especially if like WWE or AEW are coming to North Carolina, they, they're on the culture state podcast. So I really like those guys and the work they do. Yeah. We hadn't heard much from, from Noe Jose outside of like the brief impact stint. And I just listened to it, see if I could find something from it. And he talked a lot about like his indie career and he, he played the heel a lot in, in the indie career and everything. he, touched briefly on like the WWE stuff, but there wasn't too much there. He seemed like he was friends with these guys. I think he actually wrestled one of them um, in like on like the local North Carolina scene and stuff. So it was a, it was a cool podcast because he knew them. They got along well, much like the Ricky Starks podcast where it was just very, very back and forth. Not so much an interview, just like a very good conversation. Uh, and as far as like this particular story is 
that makes sense to me. Like we haven't seen Noe Jose a lot. And it's because it seems like all the companies want him to be Noe Jose and he doesn't want to be Noe Jose the rest of his life. And I understand that. And he even says it like, once you get put in that position as, you know, as this character on WWE television, especially like such a condensed character, like no way Jose is like, once you were put in that role, it is tough to break from that. I remember he did like a vignette after he got released. Like, Hey, this is, this is me. This is Levi and everything. And like, it didn't really catch on on anything. The people want no way Jose. That's what he's known for. And you could tell there was like some frustration there of like, I don't want to do this. I have more to offer than just let me do the conga line and then right. And then throw the baseball punch and everything. Like I have more to offer. That's so why I felt kind of bad because this is who he was on WWE TV. And this is who it seems like every wrestling promoter for the most part wants from. I mean, you know, when he did his stint in impact, he was one of the surprises. Like here's no way conga line. Here we go. Like there was no reinvention of this character. And it's like that a lot. It's very tough after you get put in a certain role by WWE. It's very, very tough to break from that. Uh, you know, there's only been a select few that, that have kind of done it. It's worth noting, and, and it's in the article too, that uh, Levy Valen's last, or as no way, wrestled last for Defy, The World is Yours, and that was about a couple of weeks ago as of this recording, around the, the 16th and 17th of July. So that, And before that, uh, according to Cage Match, he hadn't wrestled since another Defy appearance in December. Yeah. So he, he's either very select about bookings or he's very much looking to uh, change up his character despite maybe what promoters are looking for. And, and you're right, getting pigeonholed, not easy to break out of, especially if you've been in a major, major place like WWE. So. I mean, promoters, promoters want to sell tickets, right? And if you're putting Levy Velez on the the poster, that ain't selling like no way, no way, Jose, the former no way, Jose on the poster, because that's what the fans expect. And I don't know what his rate is, but you got to there's some give and take there of like, look, they don't know Levy. They, they know no way, Jose. That's what we want. That's what the fans expect. Exactly. Let's move on. Number four. This one. Boy, you're counting. You're counting. Where? Who talks? Oh, sorry. Number two. Talking? Number two. You're right. This Thank is, you. Canadian counting here from Joel Pearl. Yeah, we go four, three, four, and then five. <laughs> I don't know what you're talking about. We go five, four, and then another two, and then there's an infinity symbol. Celsius, uh, Fahrenheit, it's it's all, you've confused it all. You've just broken the whole system like you do in, in Canada. Yeah, that's what we do. So let's move on. Number two, thank you for correcting me on that. I, I, I really like this one. It tickled me a little bit. Uh, Riddle recalls accidentally kicking his flip-flops into a fan and breaking her glasses. Now, I hadn't heard this particular story, but there is a second story that Riddle tells in this particular article and in the podcast uh, that I do remember hearing about. So go ahead, talk about it, uh, Riddle and his flip-flops. Uh, yeah, Outkick uh, 360 is who we did it with, and they do a lot of like college football, um, like col- college sports kind of stuff. By the way, tremendous name for a podcast when you're talking about kicking flip flops. <laughs> very true, very yes. true. Um, I knew about the like the Wembley story because yeah, he tweeted about it, and that was like a semi big deal and everything. Uh, and that's why I just kind of threw it, tacked it on to the end of this story. I'd never heard the first story. And I kind of always wondered that too, like what happens to those flip-flops? And 
you know, he makes it clear that like I get him back and everything. I, I did wonder like had there been incidents where like a fan kept them uh, or anything like that. But I also wondered like, hey, if they like get kicked into the the row and like hit anybody, is anything like happened because of that? And he says it like, yeah, like one of them just didn't fly. It kind of just went straight, hit this old lady with glasses. Felt really bad. Let her keep the flip-flops, you know, tried to get some action going in front of her at the event. But I, I always kind of wonder that when, you know, wrestlers are throwing stuff, I, you know, they're throwing like shirts and armbands and, and, and things like that. But we see it when, you know, they're breaking down uh, a Miz TV set and what do you, the, the easels or whatever you call them. Uh, they're throwing those outside the ring. Like what happens if those accidentally fly off and like hit somebody, unfortunately. And with flip-flops, those things, they, they fly. They can hit somebody pretty easily. And in the case of Riddle, they have hit somebody. So I thought it was an interesting story from Riddle. Now, this is a, a just a, a, this just shows the failure of the WWE merchandising machine. Because this is a perfect opportunity to have Riddle go down wearing Matt Riddle, Riddle flip-flops. Oh, yeah. And to kick him into the crowd. And guess what? Someone gets a souvenir. Maybe he signs one before he kicks, or like before he goes out there and he kicks him into the crowd. But instead, he's wearing his own flip-flops, according to him. These are premium, premium flops. flip-flops. That's right. Premium flops, Joel Pearl. Premium flops, he says. <laughs> but this is a, a missed opportunity to just have riddle flip-flops that you sell at concession stands. And people would probably buy them, depending on where you are. WWE goes to all these southern states. And guess what? You need a pair of flops to go down to the beach. Or maybe you just need them for your shower room because you got a dirty shower floor. Whatever it is, you could have had riddle flip-flops but instead he wears his own and he wants them back i had heard that before i think i'd heard that it's like someone had tweeted during raw like security like lol security just took back riddles flip-flops and i'm like okay it's no different from showing throwing your ring jacket i guess how much do you think riddle like actually spends on those flops 50 bucks yeah it sounds about right i can't imagine they're that much right if they're quote-unquote premium that's the only reason that I'd be like, okay, 50 bucks. That's the amount that I would spend to be like, I want these back. If I was spending 10 bucks and I'm going to like old Navy to pick them up, I'm not going to ask for those back. That's an easy pickup every time. Or I buy them in bulk. Yeah. Yeah. Tell anyone. I, I don't know, man. Riddle, Riddle, he might, he might go upwards. Maybe, maybe that's why he's, he's so protective of them. Maybe they are like 150, $200 or something. He's buying Gucci slides. Yeah. <laughs> Good Lord. Riddle. What's Kanye's brand? He's, he's buying off of Kanye's brand. He's buying Yeezy flops. Yeah. Yeezy flops. Those shits are expensive, right? My God. I'd imagine I'm not a, I'm, I, I don't know. I have a pair How of much? Adidas flip flops that I bought with a gift card once upon a time. Yeezy, Yeezy slides are, uh, I don't know if this website is trustworthy, but uh, apparently like $221. For some Yeezy slides. Maybe that's what they are. I don't know. If you are someone who has caught and then had to return (laughs) a pair of Riddles flip-flops, leave a comment and tell us how much you think that those cost. (laughs) Because I I am very curious. Let's move on to number one for the week. I like this one. It got a lot of airplay, at least in the circles that I run through. CM Punk doesn't believe the culture in WWE will change cites how WWE handled Brock Lesnar's walkout. It's a big one, given the fact that Vince McMahon retired last week, and then Triple H was named head of creative by the beginning of the week, and a lot of people got excited, and CM Punk was like, I don't buy it. 
So tell me about the article. Tell me about where he said it. Uh, it's another San Diego Comic-Con uh, panel discussion, which we touched on last week as being a really neat place to get some of this content. Talk to me. Yeah, it, it was in like a little, I guess, scrum after they did their their big panel. It was from Absolute Geek Podcast, the, the people who, who uploaded it. Um, I'm going to group kind of a lot together here uh, because a lot of people have commented over the past week about Vince's retirement. You know, th- this is this is the first show we're kind of doing since all of that. We recorded last week, like three minutes after the news was announced. So over the past week, we've obviously had a lot of interviews. You know, it's SummerSlam week. A lot of people have been asked about it. So there have been, just been a lot of comments about Vince McMahon's retirement and Triple H's leadership, Stephanie McMahon's leadership, all that stuff. Uh, and CM Punk, of course, being from AEW and having rightful ill will rightful on his side ill will towards the likes of stephanie and triple h probably doesn't think that there's going to be a big change at the top you you contrast that with like what kurt angle has said where kurt angle's like oh i still think vince is going to be involved behind the scenes i i think that um you know Vin- vince has made mistakes but he's he's a great person a lot of the wwe people like lana said like i sympathize with the victims but Vince taught me a lot of life lessons. You, you've had a lot of that of like, oh, I, Vince has done so. Ric Flair, like I was mad that he stepped down. And, you know, like none of like, all of us were are here because of, of Vince McMahon. Like you've had a lot of that stuff. And CM Punk is just kind of like, yeah, this new direction, it, it's like it's probably not going to mean much. And yeah, the WWE people, they're asking about the new direction. It's like, I'm excited. It's going to be great. We're in great hands with Triple H. It's going to be fun and everything. He's like, yeah, well, fuck Vince. CM Punk, fuck Vince. Fuck Triple H. Fuck Stephanie. I didn't like fully agree with this point of like Brock walked out. It's like, yeah, but he came back. And according to reports, like it seemed like they knew he was coming back by eight 30. So probably didn't need to like bury him on TV. Now, if he didn't come back, then we have a whole different argument. Uh, I understand what CM Punk is going for. He he's not going to say anything nice about WWE in this situation. That's, that's his side. I get it. I get where he's coming from. There's nothing wrong with that. Certainly made headlines. Certainly got, lot of traction everybody was talking about it i actually had a tough time with this headline because i didn't want to just uh you know th- th- there's a very easy um very easy- get ahead of postage rate increases this year with stamps.com it's like your own personal post office sign up with promo code program for a four-week trial plus free postage and a free digital scale no long-term commitments or contracts that's stamps.com code program the headlines of like cm punk WWE calls out WWE bootlickers and cowards. Like very easy to go something like that. I tried to be fair to his words and everything, but I, I admittedly struggled with, with this headline. And uh, but a lot, a lot happened with these comments, and a lot of people were talking about it. Yeah, and certainly in the circles that that we were in. I and I wanted to. I picked this one specifically because it was the opposite end of what a lot of people have said about Vince. And just again, I've written so many this person's thoughts on Vince McMahon's retirement articles over the past week. It's been a very interesting uh, line of conversation over the last week. A lot of, uh, a lot of people associated with WWE at one point giving their own personal experiences and therefore their own personal um, thoughts on Vince McMahon for better or worse, mostly for better because a lot of wrestlers will come to you and say, you know, he changed my life and you know what that is, objectively their opinion because that is their lived experience no one's going to take that away from them um obviously 
what's going on with Vince in, in, in the news time is, is very different. But uh, a lot of people are just looking back at their own personal experiences with Vince McMahon and with WWE. So for CM Punk to come out and say these things, listen, he, like you said, he, he's giving his opinion. He's giving his experience. He's not exactly going to speak highly of WWE as uh, as the way that he left. And he does point out, you know, they they shit talked him. They should talk yeah. Naomi Sasha, but they didn't do it to Brock. So he thinks there's a precedent there. I agree with you, Jeremy, that the situation is a little bit different in this case with Brock. He was back and there was no need to, but it's still his experience and it's still what he thinks is going, going to or not going to happen with WWE. Um, and the first words of, of this whole uh, quote is, you think because he tweeted out that I'm retired, that he's not going to be hands on. And you just said it. Kurt Angle was saying the same thing. It's there is a there is a feeling that Vince McMahon it may be done, but he's not gone. Yeah, yeah, I, I get where CM Punk was coming from. That that was his side on things, and you know he's so shown that he wants to stand up for Sasha and, and Naomi when it comes to how they walked out and how they were treated on the walkout. And I completely agree with him. I thought that was very petty and mm-hmm. bullshit of WWE to do. I don't yeah. think it's a quite fair comparison to be like, well, they should have done it to Brock when. Brock did end up showing up back up. And again, it seemed like they knew early on in SmackDown that that was going to be the case. Yeah. So that story though, bless, bless CM Punk. That man's going to create headlines and controversy with whatever he says. Yeah. And he's almost always is going to speak openly about his experiences. And I, I will never, never speak ill will about someone who speaks uh, of their experience um, as long as they're not like, you know, complete pieces of garbage human beings. But anyway, we did it. Jeremy newsworthy. I think we picked some really good articles to talk about and some really good conversation here. I picked Um, them, Joel. You didn't do anything. Yeah. I just, I just reread the articles and and had a couple of things to say about it. That's what we do every week. Jeremy (laughs) picks the articles. I say a few words and then Jeremy says a bunch more words. I think we're getting out of here. Anything else to plug Jeremy? Fightful Overbooked. Everyone subscribe. Leave thumbs up. That's all. 13,500 of you have subscribed. Keep subscribing to us here. We're going to overtake that main channel. I swear we're going to do it. We can do it. Right. Try. I, hey, have some faith. You have a little faith, Jeremy. We got to sign Denise Salcedo to a max contract somehow. We got we to sign a bunch of people to a max contract. We got Will Washington. We got to keep him. That's the guy we got to keep. Ladies, gentlemen, friends, we on the binary. We'll see you in the next one. Cheers.